0: a familiar text and hopefully it'll give clarity and understanding to the subject that the Lord has put in my spirit to share with you today. I'm going to be coming from St. John chapter 11 so you can get your Bibles and prepare as well. I'll exegese the chapter a little later on but I'm going to start off just using three verses to summarize where I'm going with today's message. Verse number 14, St. John chapter 11, verse 14, and I'm using the King James Version for familiarity and for us to all be together. Verse 14, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And in verse 39, the Bible says, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been in decay, for he's been dead now for four days. And my last verse, verse 43. And when he thus had spoken, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Today's message is simply entitled, Delivered for Destiny. That's been the theme of our entire spring consecration, Delivered for Destiny. Father, we thank you, Lord, once again for the occasion to share your wonderful gospel. I pray now for the anointing and the unction of God, the strength of the Holy Ghost that we may hear and receive this word. Let us, Lord, hide it in our heart and understand that salvation has been provided, deliverance has been given, but we must fulfill destiny, the purpose for which we've been called. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, death is an enemy. In fact, death is the greatest of all enemies. Death brings sorrow. Death causes heartache and pain. Death will cut a man or woman down in the prime of their life. Death will even rob an individual from having life. As I've mentioned in the previous three services, we're praying for that young lad who was in the fire, Elijah, who is struggling for life. His grandmother died from the fire that they had here in this area, and that young child is holding on to life. We're praying for him. Will you pray with me as well? Because death will rob even youth from living. Death brings confusion. It brings hatred. It brings bitterness. And death causes loneliness. But also, most important, death brings separation. Hallelujah. Death is an enemy. And you see, when God spoke to Adam, he said, But of the tree of the knowledge, of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die there it is death now enters into the realm of man and the whole essence of death comes as a result of disobedience it wasn't the fact that Adam ate from the forbidden fruit alone it was the fact that he disobeyed God. Always remember there are consequences to our actions. That if you do certain things you have to expect a consequence. And because Adam did not listen to God and refused to obey God Now, for the first time, death comes into the realm of mankind. As a result, mankind now needs deliverance. (laughs) Mankind needs to be set free. Now, those of you who watched my presentation on Friday, I talked about that there are different meanings for the word being delivered. You see when others try to learn the English language it's often challenging because in our language one word has different meanings. The word delivered which has its root in deliver is one of those words because uh, when I use Friday, the word delivers means to hand over, to leave, or surrender to someone. Uh, the subject was how, uh, how Pontius Pilate, the governor, uh, delivered the body of Jesus to Joseph of Arimathea. Another word, or another meaning for the word deliverance, is to give birth. We say that when a person has a child, that they have delivered a baby or you participated with them in the delivery. Another uh, instance of a meaning for the word deliver is to utter, to speak, to sing. We say that person delivered a fantastic speech or a message. And then of course, it's to send to an intentional target. Many of us know that definition when we had Uber and, and all of those others deliver the food to our dress. We wanted them to deliver it to an intentional target, that they delivered our food. Somebody say amen. And to deliver means to come through or produce. And I've used the example that Stacey Abrams in Georgia, she delivered 800,000 individuals to register to vote. And as a result of her delivering that result, Georgia then voted Democratic because she delivered on her result. As you can see, each one of those words, deliver, has different meanings. But the one I wanna concentrate on today, and it was mentioned even by Pastor Relaford in his presentation, I think on Wednesday, To deliver is to set free. And as he pointed out, to be set free, you must then have been bound. (laughs) You can't be set free unless you're bound. But that's what we're talking about because death is an enemy. Death robs us from life. Death causes us not to be able to enjoy one another. We need to be set free. We need to be set free from death. Hallelujah. (laughs) And as we look at our text today, we start off in verse number one when the Bible says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus. He was of Bethany, the same town of Mary and her sister Martha. Now, the scripture does not indicate what his illness was. We don't know what caused his sickness, but we do know that whatever he had was terminal. It was a sickness unto death. Hallelujah. That's why every day you got to thank God for another day. When I wake up in the morning and when I start my day, I'm asking God and I'm telling him, thank you for another day. You could have gone through the night. An aneurysm could have happened in your body. You could have stroked out. You could have had a heart attack. But honey, God has been good to us. Lazarus had some condition. We don't know what it is, but we do know that it was unto death. And the Bible said in verse number two, this was, it was that Mary which had anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with hair. It was her brother who was sick. Now this is very interesting. Because in verse number three, the Bible says, Therefore his sister sent unto him, to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. The Bible said that they recognized that Jesus loved Lazarus. Now, as I've pointed out in previous services and messages, that's another instance where in, a, in the English language, you, we use the same word for everything. We say, I love you to your wife, and then turn around and tell your dog, I love you. And then you go to the restaurant and say, I love me some Jake's barbecue. And then you turn around and you watch the, the Housewives of Atlanta and say, I love that TV program, The Devil Is A Lie, hallelujah. Then we use that same word and said, I love you, God. You see, in the English language, we use the same word for different meanings. But the Greeks, the Greeks designated a specific word to represent the type of love they were talking about. And in this instance here, where it talks about Jesus loved Lazarus, it comes from filial, which means a fond affection for a friend. That's where we get the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. You see, Jesus loved, hallelujah, Lazarus as a friend. The relationship that Lazarus had with Jesus was a friend. Many knew him as a healer. Many knew him as a deliverer. Many heard his words and were mystified. Some recognized him as Messiah. But all to be called a friend of Jesus. Hallelujah! And I'm asking the question today, what is your relationship with Jesus? How does he know you? Are you his friend? <laughs> After hearing this, it became a teachable moment because when they heard that Lazarus was sick unto death, the the disciples said, come on, Jesus, let's go now. If we go, we can be able to heal him. He could be able to be raised. We know you got the power. And Jesus began giving uh, giving them an explanation and saying, oh, he's just asleep. Uh, They said, he's just asleep. No, 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 no. Well, we, we, we need to understand what's going on Jesus. See, sometimes God will speak some things to you. You really don't know where he's going. But down the road, you'll understand. And while they kept debating and while they kept talking and while they kept going back and forth, Jesus finally said in verse number 14, Listen, brothers, Lazarus is dead. There it is, the enemy thank you Jesus I just just saw something there at that moment that he said Lazarus is dead thank God for revelation he spoke death to Lazarus he could not have died until Jesus released him to die oh that went over somebody's head (laughs) hallelujah when he said Lazarus Lazarus is dead. He left life from Lazarus. Up until that point, Lazarus was still holding on for breath. But the moment he spoke, Lazarus is dead, life came out of him. See, God will even give you revelation while you're preaching. And when he became dead, Lazarus then needed to be set free. He needed to be delivered. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. You see, where Lazarus was and where Jesus was at that time, there was like almost two miles in, in, in uh, uh, difference. So by the time they got to, to where Lazarus was, and that's by, by the time they got to Mary, it was four days. He had been dead for how long? Four days. Why four days? Because four days ago, Jesus said Lazarus is dead. When, when, when he comes into the city, uh, when Jesus came and found that he laid in a grave already for four days, Jesus then met Martha. Martha's first response was, Jesus, had you been here, then Lazarus would not have died. Now, Now, she wasn't being critical. She was recognizing the power that Jesus had as a healer. She wasn't trying to chastise Jesus, but she just gave a fact. Lord, I know, had you been here, he would not have died. But Jesus knew the timing that was necessary. See, sometimes we want God to move on our time, but God has a different purpose. Oh, when you go to the hospital, hallelujah, you expect somebody to be there to pray for you, but sometimes you gotta hear what the Lord is saying, because now you need to learn God for yourself. We've been this past year not able to come to the house of God, not being able to have somebody lay hands on us, not able to have somebody anoint us, but we had to make our sanctuary, our our, our living room a sanctuary. We had to learn God for ourselves. Then when we couldn't breathe, we couldn't taste, we had to lay our hands on ourselves and say, Lord, heal me. You see, our process has caused us to grow deeper in God. This past year, you should have grown stronger in the Lord. Your faith should have been increased because now you've had to learn Christ for yourself. (laughs) And I've seen on your Facebook pages that He has. Hallelujah. (laughs) But while Martha was wondering, Oh God, had you been here? Jesus said, Stop, Martha. Stop, Martha. Please remember, I am the resurrection. And he that believeth, he that believeth, he that, I keep saying that word, believeth on me. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. It requires your faith. It requires you to believe. We've been using wisdom with our faith, but, but, but Sister Ollie, we've never left our faith. We still believe and know it's God who has kept us, not medicine, not listening to others, not following safety protocols, but it's been the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus that we sang about that has kept us. I wish somebody would give God praise. When I came in the early morning service, I just began crying uh, in my place because I can hear God saying, well done. When I looked over the sanctuary and still saw the saints of God alive, I heard the Lord say, well done. Not about the new building, but as a shepherd, I've been able to guide the sheep through horrible times and dangerous storms. And the Lord said, well done. Hallelujah. When Jesus therefore saw Martha weeping and the Jews weeping with her, the Bible said he groaned in his spirit, verse 33, and was troubled. I can't wait to preach that message. The day when Jesus groaned. And he he immediately said to Martha, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And then in the next verse, that famous verse, one of the shortest, if not the shortest verse in the Bible that we teach all of our children to say, Jesus wept. It was his humanity. Because as God, he knew he was getting up. But his humanity was overcome with sorrow even when he saw others weeping. Hallelujah. I don't care how spiritual you think you are, you have to remember you're still human you're still natural. And even part of the grieving process is to weep and to cry. That's why don't let anybody make you feel bad because you are going through the grieving process. Somebody says, oh, you need to have gotten over that by now. You still crying over that rascal? Honey, just because you're cold and callous doesn't mean everybody is. I wish somebody say amen. And then when Jesus started weeping, they said, hear it again, the Jews, behold, he really loved him. Hallelujah. Oh, that's another message. Your friends and your, the friends that are close to you, what kind of relationship are you with them? Hmm. What do you mean? Sometimes we have friends because of what they can do for us. But if they can't do that for you, do you still call them a friend? Hallelujah. And while the same time there were agitators and critics in the crowd, you know we got them everywhere. Because he said they said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind even had called this man even should he not to have died? But the Lord was working on something. See, we don't always know the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. And I believe even here at New Bethel and across the country, the Lord has been doing some things. We don't understand the end from the beginning, but through it all, God's going to get the glory. I got a message coming up. I might preach it next. I might preach this coming Sunday. But remember there had to come a time before the end that you had to separate the the, the, the chaff or the weeds from the wheat. Ooh, glory to God. Sometimes this year has caused us to see a separation of those that talked about. How they love the Lord and those that really do love the Lord. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, comes to the grave. It was a cave and a stone was over it. And he said, take ye away the stone. Hallelujah. Look, Jesus did not have to have them move the stone. He could have said, stone, start moving. Because the stone would have obeyed his voice. He could have said, stone, break apart. But why did he say take away the stone? Because sometimes you've got to initiate your faith by action. You've got to believe what God is telling you. And sometimes he'll tell you, take the stone away. I'm sorry, uh, uh, remove yourself from that relationship. Uh, I'm sorry, give twice what you were going to give in the offering. Uh, Call that person and tell them that you love them even though they've been lying on you. Take away the stone. Jesus could have called the stone and said stone start rolling. That stone would have moved out the way. But he said take away the stone. Faith without works is dead. And sometimes you have to participate with God. Even when you don't always understand what, I know I'm preaching this morning. Even when you don't understand all that God is doing, he wants to see, are you going to be obedient? Hallelujah! When you said, I'm getting ready to leave the church because nobody is is, is speaking to me. And God says, sit your behind down. I'm not talking about Pastor Releford who's going out the door right now. (laughs) That's why you got to be careful when you move. (laughs) I dare somebody else to get up right now. (laughs) It's all about being, are y'all enjoying this message today? It's all about being obedient in the spirit. Jesus therefore again groaning himself comes to the grave it was a cave and a stone he says take away the stone but Martha said wait a minute Lord by this time he is stinking it's like finding a dead body in an abandoned building somebody who's been killed or murdered and they put him in an abandoned field or a house or a car after so many days the body begins to decay, flies, larvae, It begins to stink. In fact, somebody's walking by that particular house, and they say, oh, what's that bad smell? This is what has happened. He's been dead now for four days. Martha and the rest of them, knowing the process of decay, said his body stinks. Lord, why do you want to take away the stone? But Jesus then said unto her, Said and I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God. All of this process that what he was going through was about seeing the glory of God. walk down the street and you're still alive some of you who had COVID what you're seeing is the glory of God that will keep you even in spite of what the statistics said you should have been dead oh I wish somebody would get happy they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid Jesus lifted up his eyes unto the Father and said, Lord, in essence, he was saying, Lord, I know you believe me and you've heard me, but let the others now who are with me see the good works. At that point, he then spoke and in verse 43, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. In that minute. That he said, Lazarus, come forth. Just like in the minute that he spoke death, immediately Lazarus came back to life. Hallelujah! The the, the, the muscles that had decayed, his body that had started decaying, his eyes that sunk in. When he said, come forth, immediately. Life returned into his body. His heart started beating. His blood started flowing. His mind started working. Hallelujah. He came back to being perfect and started jumping out the grave. Hallelujah. He couldn't walk out because he was bound. You see, like mummies, they would bind and wrap the dead in cloth. So when when the Lord said, Lazarus, come forth, he couldn't walk out. All he can do is just try to hop out. And the moment he came out of the grave, Jesus said, what? Loose him and let him go. He had to be set free. He had to be delivered. But why? The deliverance was for destiny. This entire process that Lazarus went through was for God, brother Stephen, to get the glory. Yes, Some things that have happened in your life, you haven't understood why did this happen? I hear you, Holy Ghost. Why did this breakup occurred with my family? Why did my spouse stop loving me? Why, why did I lose my job? Why, why did this happen to me? Why did that person stop, stop loving on me? God is going to get the glory. Oh, hallelujah. It's all been for a process. And you had to be delivered for destiny. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What is that destiny? Because when you read the next verses, verse 45, the Bible said, the many who knew Lazarus had died, and saw what Jesus did, they immediately became believers. This entire process was to help someone become a believer. Even what you've gone through, while you think it might not have been impactful, hallelujah. Yolanda. God's going to use you to save somebody else. Hallelujah. You see, your testimony of how God can keep you, when you thought you were losing your mind, is going to help somebody else realize Jesus can be the best thing that happened to me. I'm almost finished. Hallelujah. But it was about a year ago. It was about a year ago that COVID hit in this area. It was March and and just a couple people had died, just a few people had died, but the specialist said, shut everything down. There was a great debate. I'm gonna believe God, I'm gonna trust God, shut it down. We were one of the first churches, if not the first church in this area that stopped having services. Because we use wisdom with our faith. We had to go through virtual services. And look, it was just up the street that after they said, shut it down, they had a big church conference. Right up the street. And many that attended caught the virus. It spread, and so many died. But you know why I thank God? Because he's so good? We had some members that were in that meeting, but guess what? They're still living today. Oh, hallelujah. I know what God can do. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We were told back in 2019, a storm is coming. We didn't know what the storm was y'all remember that we started off 2020 a storm is coming and the lord said stand in the storm plead the blood and ask the blood to cover y'all hear me i even on one of the days told you go home to your house and anoint your doors anoint your windows how many remember i said that I didn't know what was coming, but just like on the Ten Commandments last night when that that fog of death was coming through Egypt, I believe the same thing, uh, that the death angel of COVID-19 was coming through our neighborhoods, coming to our house, but when they saw the blood, the death angel had to pass over it. Hallelujah. We also said, Bring pictures of unsaved loved ones and lay them at the altar. They might not be saved, but we said we're going to plead the blood over them. They might be acting a fool, don't even think about Jesus, but sometimes you're saved because somebody's prayed for you. We did all of that. And I praise God. Hallelujah even though 30 million people have caught COVID-19 and over a half a million people have died, not one person here at New Bethel Church died from the result of having COVID-19. We heard others testify, yes, I had it, but not one went on a ventilator. You don't tell me God is not good. He'll keep you in spite of. He's our God, he's our savior. We've been set free, but we've been delivered for destiny. And even now, the cases are rising with young people. Before it was elderly individuals, but because young people think they're invincible, it's moving through the youth. It's moving through those that are millennials. God is needed to protect us. We should have died, but God. I said, we should have died, all y'all done said. We we should have been gone. We should have lost our minds. We should be broke right now. We should be in a mental institution. We should be in the grave, but God. Come on and give him praise in the house. And we have been delivered for what? Destiny. The Lord did not just spare us alone, Brittany, for our good works. But through the experience that we've had, the Lord wants us now to bring somebody else to Christ we must be about our father's business hallelujah come on right now stand to your feet everybody in the name of Jesus and we're getting ready to receive the body and the blood of Christ take out your containers I asked the Lord, Lord, do you really want me to serve communion on this Resurrection Sunday? We only have about an hour, we have three services. But I heard the Lord.